please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that Realtors face. I'm Jessica Toon. And I'm Kate Orslan. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information, which is accurate as of the date this podcast is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Virginia Housing Development Authority. Hey, Kate. Hey there. Hi. How's it going? Good. I think our listeners are so lucky to get us two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Back to back. Back to back champs. That's us. Um, we're just going to get straight into talking about escrow it's today. It's such Kate. an exciting topic. It's what Why everybody, would we mess around? It's what everybody wants to talk about. So here we are, and we're going to get into it. You're in for a treat today. Yes, because we've seen a lot of questions coming through the hotline recently regarding escrow, uh, and they run the range, right? Regulations, ever-popular EMD questions, setting up accounts, dormant funds. They have been fun and varied and interesting. Right. What a time to be what alive. A time. And I noticed when I was looking at them that we did a three-part series in 2017 on escrow on the podcast, but we haven't done anything super recently. And the law has changed a little bit since then. So today, we're going to do a basic rundown of escrow rules you need to know, including a rule that went into place last year, and then spend some time, some significant time in the hotline. Sound good? That sounds amazing. Let's start withholding escrow. Do you have to do it? How do you do it? What do you need to watch out for? First off, I'm going to answer some of my own questions. I love it when that happens. You do not have to hold escrow. You don't have to do it. Nope. It's a choice you can make. You're in control. That's what I tell my three or four-year-old a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Choices. I'm like, this is a choice you can make. Life is full of choices. So many choices. But... If you choose to do so, you are subject to the Real Estate Board regulations regarding escrow. That's right. And those regulations include the escrow account must be maintained in the license name of the firm or sole proprietorship and in a federally insured account dedicated solely to escrow funds. In other words, it must be separate from your operating account and you cannot commingle funds. If the account is interest-bearing, any contract involving an escrow deposit must state who gets any accruing interest. Any earnest money deposit mentioned in a contract must be placed in the escrow account by the end of the fifth business banking day following the ratification of the contract unless unless otherwise agreed to in writing by the parties to the transaction. If it does not look like you will receive the EMD in time to follow this regulation, you should amend the contract to reflect the status of the EMD. Really, at all times, you must be sure that you are maintaining honesty and transparency regarding the status of the EMD. That's what's important. And all of the following are considered actions constituting engaging in improper, fraudulent, or dishonest conduct according to the regulations. They include making an earnest money deposit payable to yourself or negotiating the check without written authority, submitting copies of the same EMD check for inclusion with multiple offers, representing and offers that you received the EMD when you have not, or you know the check is worthless, and misrepresenting who is holding the earnest money deposit. Also, an EMD doesn't have to be cash or even money. Fun fact. Wild. 
But if the EMD is what's considered a, quote, non-negotiable instrument or something other than a liquid asset like cash, then you must acknowledge this specifically in the agreement. Finally, licensees are obligated under the regulations to submit all EMDs to the broker in a timely manner. If the broker is responsible for the EMDs, in other words, if they hold escrow. If you do not choose to hold escrow, we'll cover how to handle the EMD check in one of our hotline questions in a little bit. Now let's talk about dispersing the EMD when the deal does not go through. And this is a lot of the questions we get on the hotline. So if both both parties agree on what to do with the EMD and where it's going to go, then great. Both parties should then sign a release of the contract and the broker can disperse the funds as outlined in there. In the Virginia Realtors release, that's you're going to find that in section three. But, Jessica, what if the parties don't agree and one or both refuse to sign a release? I'm going to answer my own question again. What happens, Kate? <laughs> what happens? Tell me, please. Uh, There are three things you can do. First, if the purchase contract has clear and explicit terms that address how to disperse the EMD when a certain event occurs, the broker may disperse the funds in accordance with the contract. And I hear you said may there and not 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 shall. Not shall, not will. May. This is a a pretty new provision in the law in section 54.1-2108.2 of the code which went into effect in July of 2018. It's a mere mere babe, a mere year old. Yes, just, just a one-year-old birthday. And as such, we did not discuss it in our podcast episode devoted to escrow disbursement, which came out in 2017 because it did not exist yet then. In that episode, we noted that the broker could send what was then known as the 30-day letter before dispersing if no one objected. And now the code notes that the broker may send a letter noting that the funds will be released unless the party not receiving the funds objects within 15 days, not 30. But please keep in mind that the broker is not required to release the funds in this manner. It's just an option to do so and is also not required to send the 15-day letter in advance of doing so. That's why the law says may and not shall. Now, if the contractual terms are not clear or the broker does not decide to release in accordance with them, there are two other options. One is that one party can sue the other for the funds and let the court decide. If the parties do not choose this path and the broker wants to get the funds out of the escrow account, the broker may interplead the funds to the court where then again the court would get to decide. Right, and both of those... Uh, options, the court's going to decide. It's just the way that you get there. Um, An interpleader would be done at the general district court, usually in the city or county where the property in question is located. You may want to consult an attorney before doing this, or at the very least, talk to the clerk of court staff before filing to make sure that you are following the court's rules. If you go to the state court website at courts.state.va.us, there is a quick link to find a local court There's also a form section that contains the general district court forms, including the one to file an interpleader. Before we get to this grab bag of hotline escrow questions, which I know you guys are all just chomping at the bit to get to, let's hear from our sponsor. VHDA works with realtors all over Virginia to offer down payment grants and loans for first-time homebuyers. 
find the right solution for your client and locate a VHDA-approved lender near you. Just visit VHDA.com. Take it to the legal hotline. All right, Kate. Now, these are all questions that we've gotten in 2019, so no stale questions here. And we will start today with several questions that we've gotten related to the setup and operation of escrow accounts. First, can we set up our escrow account through a credit union? Great question, members. The regulations require escrow accounts to be maintained at a federally insured depository. You'll want to check with the particular credit union to ensure that it is federally insured, as some are not. But if as long as it is, go for it. Next question. I recently found out that our accountant has been depositing application deposits, rental payments, security deposits, and the like into the operating account and then transferring to our escrow account. Is this okay? If not, what should I do as the principal broker? Ooh, this is not okay. Funds like this should be deposited directly into a properly labeled escrow account. As the principal broker, you must report this violation to the real estate board within three business days of discovering the noncompliance. And on a related note, here's a property management question. I manage a property and we have a tenant who has prepaid one year of rent. Where do I put that money? Virginia law and regulations state that any prepaid rent must be placed in an escrow account by the end of the fifth business banking day following receipt and remain there until the prepaid rent becomes due. Any rent paid less than one month prior to the rent due date is considered current rent and may be deposited into an operating account. But from a risk management perspective, it's always best to place any rent, current or prepaid, into the escrow account. Can we pay maintenance invoices from the escrow account? Yes. Simple enough. <laughs> I don't have any further explanation on that, Just on that question. Straight this is yes. a straight yes. So next, we have money in our escrow account that has been there for many, many years. We don't even really know who all of it belongs to. What should we do with it? Oh, boy. Yeah. Let's talk this through. Assuming, as you stated, you no longer have current contact information to get parties to sign a release. Right. If you at least know who the parties are, get as much money out of the account using the interpleader process we discussed earlier. Right. Just right. see what Start you can with interpleader. Start there. If that process does not work for the specific circumstances, for example, you really have no clue where these people are, who they are, how to get them in contact with them, um, you may be able to use the Virginia Department of Treasury Unclaimed Property Program. Again, you usually must have some identifying information for the parties involved, and you will want to consult with an attorney before starting the process. Finally, if you end up with money where you are unsure of the parties involved in the transaction, you will want to consult a forensic accountant and an attorney to try and figure out a process you can follow to avoid liability issues. Because this can be a complicated process, it's best not to let money linger in the account. If clients refuse to sign a release, you should just file an interpleader. Right. And maybe this might be a related question, Kate. We've decided not to hold escrow any longer, right? Complicated processes. 
What is our liability to ensure an EMD gets to the appropriate person and deposited within the required time frame? Sure. Great follow-up question. If the contract says that EMD goes straight to the escrow agent and no licensee takes possession of the check, in other words, the buyer sends it to the escrow agent, then your risk is lessened. If, however, the licensee takes the check to transmit it to the escrow agent, you have increased your risk. So have a policy around this and make sure your agents are properly trained. Now, we also get a lot of questions regarding contracts that don't go through and what to do with the EMD. One somewhat frequently asked question is, the buyer has terminated the contract pursuant to a legal right to do so. However, the seller refuses to sign the release. Can we relist the property as active? So nothing prohibits doing this, and if the contract was properly terminated, then it is a dead contract and the seller should be able to move on to relist the property. Also check with your MLS rules to make sure that that's fine. But however, the best practice is having the signed release in case the termination was for some reason found to be not proper. If a contract falls through and the purchaser is writing a contract on another property, can the broker transfer the EMD from the first contract to the subsequent contract with the purchaser's written permission? No. As we discussed earlier, the regulation prohibits submitting copies of the same EMD for inclusion with multiple offers. So, how about this one? The buyer died before closing. Does the EMD go back to the buyer or the estate? Well, it really depends on what the contract says. The Virginia Realtors contract is binding on successors and heirs, which would prevent the EMD from being automatically released because the contract would still be enforceable. If, however, the contract is clear that it would terminate in such a scenario and who would get the EMD, then you may release the EMD pursuant to those clear and unambiguous terms. If not, then you may pursue a release if both parties are agreeable and the buyer's estate has an executor able to sign. And we'll round out our hotline questions today, Kate. I know it's been a gauntlet with this somewhat different question we got recently. A buyer in a purchase contract is legally assigning her rights in the contract to another buyer. What happens to the EMD? Should the money be returned to the original buyer out of escrow or should the new buyer pay that money directly? To release the funds from escrow, you would need the original buyer and seller to sign a release. It might be easier to have the new buyer pay the original buyer the funds, but best practice is to have written documentation from both buyers as to what is happening with the EMD. As with any odd situation, you want to make sure everything is well documented so there's no confusion later. All right, now let's talk about limiting your risk. Make sure if you're holding escrow that your escrow account is properly labeled and separate from your operating account. Ensure the purchase contract covers the EMD deposit and any interest accumulation that might occur. If the EMD will not be deposited in the escrow account within five business days of contract ratification, amend the contract to be clear about the status of the EMD. Should a contract go south, talk to your clients about the EMD situation and what their options might be. Don't let money linger in your escrow account. It's a good practice to check the account at least once every year to confirm that any money being held is for pending transactions. Money that is not for a pending transaction should be released if possible or interpleted. Make sure your escrow deposits are properly accounted for. 
Should you need to report a violation and or otherwise have an inquiry from the real estate board to which you need to respond? And finally, if you like case studies, the one for June 2019 is about an EMD violation. So check that out. VirginiaRealtors.org for members, legal case studies. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. All of the members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully, by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.